Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Oh, this ain't the time to take a break. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. This ain't the time to sit down on your praise. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. He's in the room right now. Oh, reach up. Reach up. Reach up. And grab what you need from the Lord. your name Jesus. Oh, I bless your name Jesus. Oh, I bless Jesus. I bless your name God. Bless your name Jesus. Bless your name Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's praying time. Oh, merciful Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I thank you. Oh, I thank you. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, because you're a God that sits high and looks low. I thank you and I praise you, Jesus. I stand in the magnificence of you, oh God. Oh, you're the great I am. You're the king of kings and you're the Lord of lords. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Oh, hallowed be thy name, Jesus. I stand in adoration of you, God. I stand in adoration of you, Jesus. You took a raggedy wretch like me oh god oh god no goodness of my own jesus you cleaned me up and made me a vessel available for your use and oh god i thank you oh god i thank you i thank you jesus i'm mindful of you oh god i'm mindful of you oh god oh god i don't stand here of my own oh god i ask that you would empty me out god purge me oh god anything that is in me that's not of you take it out oh god in the name of jesus let your word go forth with conviction god with encouragement god lord we're standing in front of you oh god we're standing at your presence god oh god pour out your anointing pour out your power pour out a word for your people oh god oh meet us at our need god like only you can risen savior <laughs> glory like only you can have your way on today in jesus name i thank you and i praise you and amen oh god amen. Samuel, the first chapter. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Ooh, I give honor to God. I give honor to my pastor and first lady, the saints of God. Jesus. Thank the women's department for allowing me this opportunity. So many powerhouses in the room, and yet you asked me, and I don't take that lightly. I thank you. I thank you. Jesus. First Samuel, the first chapter. Uh, starting at the ninth verse. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat up on the seat 
by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was bitterness, and she was in bitterness of her soul, and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Hmm. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. Hmm. Now Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count thy handmaid for the daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint, grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, mm -hmm. and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Mm -hmm. And she said, Let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the, the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance, countenance was no more sad. Mm -hmm. And they true. rose up early. They rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and, and the Lord remembered her. Amen. Amen. Bless God for the reason, reading of his word. already know the theme. Intentional woman. Being an intentional woman of God. I want to add on to that. Being an intentional praying woman of God. That's alright. So when I got the approval from the pastor for this assignment, um, I began researching women in the Bible. Um, I didn't just want to speak on any woman. I, I wanted to speak on women with purpose in the Bible. Uh, we know that a, a lot of, you know, a lot of times the women in the Bible, they, they do stuff and they, their names aren't always mentioned and, you know, things such as that. And I'm not hating, I ain't mad, it don't matter. Um, but I wanted to speak on a woman with purpose. Um, and it just so happened that at that time, in um, my husband's Sunday school class, uh, they were beginning a series of life lessons from women in the Bible. So uh, sitting in the class and one of the lessons stuck out to me, it was concerning Rebecca and Rahab. And so, um, you know, we know that Rebecca was the grandniece of Abraham and she was a virgin. And uh, we know that Rahab was opposite of that. Um, she was known as the harlot on the wall in Jericho. We know that. So uh, although their lives didn't ever really intersect, they didn't ever meet each other or anything like that, um, and they were complete opposites, uh, we do know that they had two things in common. We know that the two things that they had in common, first of all, is that they both ended up being in the lineage of Jesus. That, that, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, that's the word. That's the word. That's the word right there. That's the one. That's the one. The prostitute ended up in the lineage of Jesus as well as the virgin. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the word right there. That's it right there because it don't matter where you come from. It don't matter where you started out. It don't matter how bad or how good you are. God ain't like man. So they both ended up in the lineage of Jesus. Then the second thing that they had in common is they both left what they knew. They both left their livelihoods. They both left their community, their family, 
uh, for separate reasons. One was following the, man, the word of the men of God, and one married away. They both left. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good word right there, too. That's good. That's real good. Because sometimes you got to leave some stuff behind. You got to leave some past hurts behind. Quit holding on to stuff. Leave it behind. Then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to leave some associates behind. Your homegirl, your homeboy, that ride or die. Sometimes you're going to have to leave them behind. Because God has taken us to another place. And sometimes everybody can't go. They can't go. So I was like, oh, that's good. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. We're going to do that. That ain't what he had. That ain't what he had. So we read in 1 Samuel the story of Hannah. Um, Hannah was barren, meaning she couldn't have kids. And she def def just desperately wanted to do that. Because as we know, in, in those days, in that time, and even in some countries still today, you know, when you're not able to have children, it looks bad. You almost, you almost feel like you're worthless because that's pretty much what, what your role is. That's, that's your role, you know, as a woman. Your role is, and I, you know, modern day in America, we don't believe that. But, you know, then and somewhere else, that's your role. You, you, got, you got married, you left the house, you had babies, you were a caretaker, you were the homemaker, you were the, all that. You were that. And if for some reason you could not do part of that, such as have children, you felt worthless. You felt like you were less than. I don't know. Clearly by my three children, you know that wasn't my issue. But sometimes in this walk, you're going to feel less than. If, if we can just be honest. If we can just be honest. Sometimes you, you kind of feel like I'm not really living up to the expectation or I'm not really living up to where I should be or I'm not really close like I should be or I'm not really, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. I'm not really there. And so I could relate to Hannah and her circumstance. And so uh, if we look a li little bit deeper in that, uh, we notice that, like I said, her job as the wife was to be the caretaker, watch over the children, keep her house. I'm going to make somebody mad real quick, and I apologize, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I know we don't look like that should be our stuff today. I know we don't feel like that. I know we don't. But let me tell you something. As an intentional woman of God, I'm going to help us women. I'm going to talk to the men too, but I'm going to help us. As an intentional woman of God, we have to understand that our husband is our covering. Our husband is our covering. And as our covering, our job in the home is still caretaker, homemaker. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Some of, some of us don't like that. Some of us don't want to relate to that. But that's our job. That's our job. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Okay, just a little nugget just to help you along the way because somebody helped me one day. I wasn't thinking about a husband, wasn't looking for a husband, but, I, but one of the mothers of the church was giving a seminar. And she said, you young women, when you get up in the morning, make your bed. Get up and make your bed. I don't care if you're sitting in the house, just get up and make your bed. I was like, okay. Get up and get dressed. Even when you have nowhere to go, nothing to do, get up and get dressed. Okay. All right, that's fine. Look nice and put on some perfumey something. Smell good. Even if you have nowhere to go and nothing to do. I'm helping somebody today. So, of course, I didn't get it at that time, but, you know, I, I did it. I did it. And I didn't get it at that time. But now that I'm married, I get it. I get it. See, the thing of the matter is, I'm just going to be a little transparent right now. My husband works out of town. He drives three to four hours a day there and back. Work eight to ten. You know what I'm saying? And uh, 
So when he leaves, he leaves like 3 in the morning. Of course, I'm in the bed looking a hot mess. Of course. So but when he, I know it's about time for him to make his way across the freeway and start coming home. I'm cleaning my house. I'm at home. I'm work, I, don't, I don't work outside our home. Praise God. But I'm cleaning my house. I'm getting dinner started. Even if I got on sweats and a t-shirt, my shirt is ironed and I got on earrings and I smell good. Why am I doing that? Because when he gets home, it's like 7 in the evening sometimes, and sometimes even later. So what is the purpose of that? I believe my husband is a man of God. He's still a man. I don't know who walked past him during the course of the day. I don't know who he encountered. Can we just be real? Then he got to come home, and I'm looking the same way I looked when he left. No, 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 no. I'm helping us. We're being intentional, ain't we? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And we ought not to be like that. This is a word not just for married women because one day you may very well be there. I told you that the woman gave me this information when I was like 20 maybe? Wasn't thinking about a husband. But God knew. But God knew. You're welcome. All right, so we're going to move on. Because listen, being, being intentional don't start with, with spiritual. You got to be intentional in your natural. In your natural. How dare we ask something of God and we have not prepared for that thing to come to pass. Everybody don't want to be single. Some of y'all looking for somebody. Just going to be real. You're looking for a husband and a wife. Be intentional about your look. Get yourself together. Get your credit together. Something. Get ready. Be intentional about that thing. All right. All right. So we're going to travel a little bit into this story of Hannah. So we read in the story that um, Hannah was, you know, was barren, and uh, her, hun, her husband, Elkanah, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, um, he had another wife also. It wasn't just Hannah. It was uh, Penina. So he had another wife. Now, Penina had multiple children by Elkanah. No. Okay, so <laughs> you already know. You know that's a problem. As the barren wife, you know that's a problem. But he loved Hannah most. He loved her the most. Verse 6 says that. He loves her. And so when they would go to worship, he would give Penina her portion um, of her, um, Jesus. He would give Penina her portion and her kids their portion to go sacrifice. And he would, uh, but he would give Hannah double portion. Because he loved her. Because he loved her. Matter of fact, he even said, ain't I more than kids to you? Ain't I enough? Because he loved her. He wasn't thinking about what she was thinking about. He wasn't tripping off of what she was tripping off of. But because we in this thing right here. And then you got that girl, Panina. Let's just be real. The Bible said it. She was torturing her. She was throwing it in her face. I can have kids, you can't. Look at all my kids. Where's yours? You know, that stuff. She was doing that to her. And she would do, wait till they got out in public, and she would do that stuff. Then, when they, even when they got to, to church, she was doing that. She was taunting her. She was throwing stuff out there, making little subs and comments and things like that. You know how we do. You know how we do. You know how we do. I'm, I'm helping somebody. I'm helping somebody. Hannah was going to go worship and ran into the devil. Help somebody right here. Your mouth may very well be saying praise the Lord. But this right here and this right here is saying something else. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. 
We got to be careful. Watch your face. Watch your body language. Because you're discouraging somebody. I'm, I'm going to just help you. You're blocking somebody. Hannah went to church to worship and ran into the devil. This woman taunted her. If you, We're going to go on a story. We got to be real careful. Because you know what? The Bible says, Jesus in his own words said, that out of your mouth, the heart is speaking. Your heart is speaking. What's in there, all that stuff, you can fake it for as long as you can, but it's eventually going to come out. And guess what? You're going to have to give account to a God about your stuff. You're going to have to give account. I know it seems like a lecture and I'm beating up on anybody. No, I'm not beating you up. I'm helping you because you're going to have to stand before Jesus. And I'm helping us be ready to stand before Jesus. If you don't believe me, that's in Matthew. Okay, that's in Matthew. Matter of fact, the 12th chapter. That's in Matthew. You're going to have to give account for your words and your actions and your deeds and your stuff. Because as an intentional person of God, we got to be intentional about everything. Everything. Our worship has to be intentional. And your worship ain't just standing right here singing songs. Your worship is in your living. Your worship is in your giving. Your worship is in the way we handle each other. Your worship is in not only in your praise, but your worship should be a daily activity. Oh, I'm walking through, and guess what? Sometimes I don't feel like it, but I'm worshiping. I don't feel like it, but I'm worshiping. You didn't made me mad, but my body and my mind and everything within me has to worship. I gotta be mindful that everything about me is a worship. I, listen, I'm trying to help you. Your life is worship. Your daily living is worship unto God. So it's, it's up to us to be mindful of that and to understand who we are in judgment of. Because it ain't about me. It ain't about you, because I have nowhere to put you. But we're going to stand before God. We're going to stand before God. So into, into the story a little bit more. So as we read, Hannah was in church, and she was just so burdened down and torn down right in the church. She was, she was burdened. She was torn down. She wouldn't eat. They were having the, the food and the festivities, and she just couldn't. She couldn't get there. She just couldn't get there. So while everybody else was fellowshipping and having a good time, she, she went away. She went away. And the Bible says she went into the temple and she began to pray. She stood and she prayed. She stood and she prayed. It says that her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? You just can't find the words. You just can't. Find the words, but you got to go see Jesus. You got to go see Jesus. And so she was there. She was pleading unto God. Please, Lord, please give me a baby. Please, Lord, please open up my womb. Please, Lord, please do this. Please do this. And not only was she asking and pleading, she made a vow. If you, then I will. If you open up my womb. I will give that child back to you. I will give that child back to you. She made a vow that day. Some of us have made vows that we've reneged on. We're not totally living up to it. Jesus. But then we can't understand why stuff ain't taking off. We can't understand why the business is, is going under. We can't understand why when I pray, I don't feel them like I used to. We can't understand that when I sing, why the anointing don't come. We haven't made good on our vow, you guys. I promise you, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And we're going to serve you for the rest of the days of our lives. And a raisin won't cut, won't see his head. He, I won't cut his hair. I won't do none of that. Lord, I'll give him back to you, and we're going to serve you. He's going to be your servant. That's what we're going to do as a household. As a household. Together. We're going to do that. 
We're going to do that. And listen, I'm talking to all households. Even if it's just you and your children. Even if it's just you and your spouse. Even if it's just you. We're going to serve the Lord. I made a vow one day. Come with me. I'm going to serve you, Jesus. For the rest of my life, I'll serve you. I'm trying to hold on to that vow. I'm trying to hold on to that vow, y'all. With everything that is within me, I'm holding on to my vow. Oh, it gets gray and it gets rough, but I'm going to hold on to that vow. I'm going to hold on to that vow. We got to get past people. We got to get past ourselves. We hold on to stuff. Unforgiveness. That's a big one. It's hard to forgive when somebody really messed you up. It's hard. Let's be real, it's hard. But it's necessary. It's necessary. It's necessary. How can we come to the Father and ask for forgiveness and we haven't done that? We can't get past what we want the Lord to get past? All right. Stay true to your vow. Stay true to your vow. Then another way that we got to do this thing is we have to be intentional about our time with the Lord. Be intentional about your communion with God. Be intentional. So I was watching TV one day, and um, uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know why I was watching this, but it was a, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi on the TV, and uh, he read a scripture, find the scripture, so I can tell y'all, and then y'all can go read it and know that I didn't make it up. Uh, I'm going to find it and I'm going to tell you where it's at. Oh, there, what is this? Ezekiel, 4430. Ezekiel, 4430. And I'm going to read it. So you can hear what I'm talking about. The best of all the first fruits and all of your special gifts will belong to the priest. And you are to give them the first portion of your ground meal so that a blessing may rest on your household. So I heard him say that. And I said, well, I don't work outside the home, so I ain't really got no money to give like that. I don't, I don't have that. Um, what I got? I got my time. I got my gifts and I've got my talents. So what I'm going to do is, first fruits. In the morning when I get up, after I make my bed, I'm going to make me a cup of coffee and I'm going to sit down. And me and the Lord going to have coffee every morning together. What, what, what am I doing? So I got my cup of coffee and I sat down in front of my tray. I got my Bible out. Got my little notes. And I read. And I pray. And I sip my coffee. And I read and I pray and I sip my coffee. We're communing. This is our time. This is our date time. This is our date time. And I, guess what? I put some clothes on too. Because I don't know about y'all, but if I tell you I'm going to meet you at Starbucks, I'm not rolling out the bed meeting you at Starbucks. I'm going to get dressed. I'm being intentional. I'm being intentional. So I get myself together, and I have my cup of coffee, and I sit and I read. And I pray. Then I read. And then I pray. What am I doing? I'm communing. I'm in fellowship. I'm in relationship. We cannot have a relationship. I don't know about you, but if I don't hear from my husband every now and then, are we in a relationship? If I don't know what he likes or what he dislikes, are we in a relationship? If I don't know anything about him, are we in relationship? The only way you're going to know about God is if you get in his word. Spend some time in the word of God. Matter of fact, in, in Ezekiel, in the third chapter, the, you know what, let's do that. I'm fixing to help you. And we might, we might can shout right here. We might can do that. We might can do that. So in Ezekiel, the third chapter, First verse. 
says, and he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat the scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and I tasted it and it was as sweet in my mouth. What are we talking about right here? He said, eat the word of God. Matter of fact, he didn't just say nibble on it. He said, eat it until your stomach is full. Eat on the word of God until it manifests. Eat on the word of God until it do something. Eat on the word of God until it break yokes. Eat on the word of God so when you speak to the people, you know what you're talking about. Eat on the word of God and you'll find that it's sweet and that it is good. That's what we're talking about here. Maybe that went over your head because you haven't eaten. Stop tasting, stop nibbling, stop appetizing. Eat on the word of God. Fill your belly with the word of God and see that it's sweet and that it's good. Come with a good word from the word of God. Because when we're in ourselves, we don't always say the right stuff. We don't know how to do all the pleasantries and all that. But if I come to you from the word of God, I know it's going to accomplish what he sent out to do. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It's the word. If I give you the word of God, then I've done my job. Then I've done my job. If you don't walk away with nothing else, walk on that we need to have relationship. We need to commune. We need to eat on the word of God until it fills our belly. Eat on the word of God until it fills our belly. And when you're praying, go eat on the word of God. The Bible tells us how to pray. He tells us how to pray. Go to him with adoration. Hallowed be thy name. What was he saying right there? Hallowed be thy holy is your name, Jesus. That's in the first part. That's in the first part. Hallowed be thy name. Come to the Lord with adoration. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him how holy he is. Tell him how he's a great I am. Tell him how you know he to be your savior. Tell him how you know he's a provider. Tell him how you know he's a way maker. Come before the Lord with adoration. Oh Lord, I looked at the trees and they looked beautiful today. Lord, I looked at the sky. Oh, you did that today. Oh Lord, I looked at my hands. They didn't have arthritis today. Oh, I looked at my knees. Oh, they was a little achy, but I felt them. Oh Lord, I adore you. I worship you're a God that sits high and looks low. You're the great I am. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. How magnificent you're Jesus. Oh God, I love you. I love you. Because you died on the cross. You were hung, buried, and then you rose again. That wasn't for you. That was for me. And I thank you, Jesus. I worship your God. Oh, glory. Jesus. Thank God. You know, sometimes when you get to worshiping, something happens. You know what happens? He steps in the room. He meets you where you're at. Some of us need to start calling on him a little bit more. Some of us need to start listening a little bit more. Some of us need to pray just a little bit more. Some of us need to worship just a little bit more. Stop coming with your woes. Stop coming with your requests. Stop coming with your, well, you know, and give them praise. Sometimes we just gotta worship. Sometimes we just gotta praise. And all the time we gotta reverence. Because he's good. Take that home. You're welcome. Jesus. 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 So listen. In being intentional, we also got to be careful of the tools we have. Your Bible. Listen. They have Bibles in the dollar store. The print is about this big. Yeah. 
if you can see it, you know that it's just scriptures. And that's fine. Let me say that. That's fine. Go get your Bible from the dollar store. If that's what you got, get your Bible. But may I suggest, we not eat out for about a week. We not getting on Starbucks. We skip the feel on our nails that week. <laughs> Maybe we wear a bun and start, instead of going to get our hair flat ironed that week. Maybe we sacrifice a little something. And we go get us a good study Bible. We're going to get us a good study Bible. And I'm going to tell you how you know it's a good one. Because it'll have some reference verses, you know. It'll have little scriptures or little numbers. And you look down at the number and it'll tell you, re refer to this scripture over here. It'll take you all over the Bible, you know. It would do that. And get it in a, in a, in a, like a, a new message or a new translation. Get, get it in something that's easy to read. Because you know the enemy have you read and you thee, thou, though, and then you'll fall asleep. But if you get it in something, let me tell you also. With your message Bible, have your King James Version Bible with you. Because let me tell you. In these newer Bibles and the newer translations and stuff like that, and listen to what it's saying. It's new translation. That's mean it's been translated in regular terms that I understand. But if I have my King James Version here, I can reference, okay, that verse says that. What does this say? Okay, that sounds close. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Because sometimes stuff gets lost in translation. Yeah. Remember that? Where's Sister Alana? Remember that? In VBS, we, 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 we put that to the test. Everybody had a different translation that day. So I had somebody read, and she read it, and I was like, that, that ain't right. What's your Bible say? What, what are they talking about? Then I read King James, and I was like, now that makes more sense. It was saying the same thing. But sometimes key words can make that scripture talk. Key words can have more definition and more meaning. Why am I telling you this? We got to be real intentional about what we have in our arsenal. We got to be real, real intentional about when we go to sit down and have our meetings with the Lord. We got to be intentional with what equipment we have, what supplies we have. I'm going to give you a story. You may or may not relate. You may not. Or you may. So my daughter wanted to get her hair flat ironed. That ain't in the budget this week, honey. I got X, Y, and Z dollars for spare that I can contribute towards your cause. We know that your flat iron costs more than that. What you going to do? So we went somewhere else other than our regular stylist. The lady did a wonderful job. The lady did a wonderful job. And uh, it was real pretty when we left the shop. And I was like, okay, all right. And she, she used a, a, a flat iron that you plug in. A regular stylist, you know, use the one that goes in the hot, in the heat, go on the stove, you know, in that little thing. So this lady used a flat iron you plug in, and I'm not hating on the lady, it was a beautiful job, and, and it may have cost her a lot of money for that, that, that device. But about an hour later, <laughs> something started happening. So by the end of the day, <laughs> my baby looked like she just had a blow dry. And I was like, what, what did we do wrong? Because normally, we get your hair flat iron, and you, you know, she's athletic, she's in sports, and she can go two, two to three weeks, even playing sports, and it lasts, and it, what do we do different? What do we do different? We went somewhere else. First off, sorry, Sister Tonisha, we went somewhere else. 
and the lady didn't use the right product. It wasn't, it wasn't quality stuff. And so we got what we paid for, so to speak. I say it all that to say this. When you're choosing your sword, you're choosing your word of God. Don't, don't cheap out. Don't cheap out. I don't care if you got to buy a dollar general sugar. Don't cheap out on the word of God. Get you a good study Bible because it'll take you from here to there to here to there. And before you know it, you didn't excel at whatever that scripture was. You got some background. You know who he was talking to. You know who was talking. You know if that word applies to you or if it was just for that generation at that time. You know what the word of God has to say. Because you got a good tool. You got good equipment. And it can stand the test of time. We can't eat of the word of God if we're not pouring it in. If we're, if we're half doing something, if we couldn't barely see the words because the Bible came from the 99 cent store, we can't re recall what it actually said because we didn't understand it in the first place. Get you a good Bible. Get you a good Bible. Be intentional about that thing. Get you some good time. Have a good time in the word. It's okay. We can have a good time in the word of God. But you got to understand what you're reading. Get a good tool. Get a good tool. So in closing, I want to leave something food for thought. I read this and I thought it was real good. I thought it was real good. So I don't know if you ever paid attention to the geese when they're flying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever paid attention to them. So I know before I read this, I didn't. Other than I just hope they don't mess up my paint on the car. You know, I didn't really pay them attention. So, if, but if you look at them, they fly in a V formation. Yeah. Yeah. It's intentional. It's intentional. There's a reason why they're doing that. It has some practical use. So, it says that when they're flying in a V formation, they get more wind. So that gives them 71% more flying range. They can go further yeah. in that V formation. 71, 71 more percent than if they were flying solo. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. 71 more percent. And so the first thing I thought about is by them being in that formation and not being solo, that reference teamwork. Yeah. Yeah. Teamwork. Yeah. We ain't in this thing by ourselves. Teamwork. Teamwork. My sister said, iron sharpens iron. So if I get with some people like-minded, if I get with some people that love the word of God like I do or am I trying to do, teamwork. Teamwork. And so then it says, uh, it says that they, as they're flying, they encourage each other to do better. They encourage each other. That noisiness. That noise you hear, but they're so high up sometimes you can't really hear them, but they're making a noise. Yeah. It's real loud. We can't hear them because they're so high up, but it's real loud, and they're making a noise. What they're doing is they're checking in on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're checking in. I'm making noise. I'm making noise. My sister in the back, where you at? I haven't seen you in a couple of Sundays. Where you been? I'm checking in on you. I'm going to make a little bit of noise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. First lady, you're awfully quiet today. What's going on with you? Are you all right? I'm checking in on you. I just want to make sure you're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm helping, I'm helping, I'm helping, I'm helping. And so they're making noise. And so then it also said that what happens is as they're flying together, if one gets weak, So the one in the front, because he's taking up all the slack. The one in the front, he's taking all the hits, but most of the wind is, is getting him. But he's the stronger flyer, so he's in the front. So as stuff is happening and stuff is coming his way, sometimes he got to take a break. Sometimes he takes a break. And so what he does is he leaves the front of the formation, he goes to the back of the formation. He didn't leave the group. He didn't leave. He didn't go sit down somewhere and say, I quit. But he goes to the back and take a breather. Right, right. 
and then everybody else takes up the slack. Everybody else holds him up. Everybody else steps in and does their part. But you don't know that you're supposed to step in and do your part if you're not intentional in where you're supposed to be. Be intentional in where you're supposed to be. Should not one person have to lead the praise team, MC the program, do altar call, take up the offering, preach the word, encourage you, go to the hospital, go to this, go to that, call you for counsel, meet you here, meet you there. Not one person should have to do that. We need to be in formation. We need to be in formation. Be intentional. Be intentional about what you're walking God. If your job is to sing, you figure out a way to tune that thing up. You stay before the Lord. Stay before the Lord and ask the Lord, get word in my mouth. Put a melody in my heart. Make sure I'm right. Lord, cleanse me up so that I can be available. When the, when the head about to fall back, I can fall up. Be intentional about that thing. And then it also what I noticed was when one gets sick, one gets weak, one gets weary, one gets old, they go down to the ground. But the rest of the crew don't leave them. About two or three stay with them. About two or three stay with them. They stay with them and they give them words of encouragement. They meet the need that is there. They find out what can I do to help you. They find out what, what's going on with you. They look at the doctor's report and they begin to pray. They listen to the mental state and they begin to pray. We need to be in formation. If I fall off and I begin to get a little weak, if y'all see me stumble, don't talk about me. Come in and surround me. Surround me. We in this together, y'all. If we stay in formation, shouldn't nobody feel left behind? So they stay with that one sickly or old bird until it either gets better or it passes away. But it's not alone. It's not alone. Some of us are sitting right here in the church feeling alone. We sitting right here. Feeling alone. That's man, woman, boy, or girl. We sitting right here with some hurts. We sitting right here with some stuff. And we feel alone like nobody cares. Nobody cares, nobody cares. Nobody sees me. They don't even care that I went from the choir to the front row to the middle row to the back door and I'm gone. Nobody sees. Let's be intentional. Let's be intentional, men and women of God. Let's be intentional. Call and check in. Hey, listen, I, I don't know if there's a hospitality committee, but you it. That's your job. That's your job. Let me tell you something. When the enemy knows that there's a calling on your life and when you got a job to do, he's going to attack you. My old pastor used to say, praise God for her. My pastor said, if you don't encounter Satan on this walk, you're walking with him. You're walking with him. So if he doesn't attack you in any kind of way, check yourself. So when you're in a work for God, he's going to come and he's going to attack you. He's going to be on the attack. Just know that. But that ain't the time to fall off. That's the time to rejoice. Because guess what that says? Lord, you've entrusted me with something. And I'm clearly doing something right. Because the enemy is nervous. So he's launched an attack. He's nervous, so he's launched an attack. He's launched an attack. So today the word is, be intentional about your walk with God. It's that simple. I know this wasn't a hoop and a holler message. And it's okay. Because the point is you need to hear. Be intentional about your walk in God. Be intentional about how we treat each other. Be intentional about how we check in on each other. Be intentional about your prayer. 
Be intentional about your reading. Be intentional about your singing. Be intentional about how you walk and how you talk and how you act when you leave this place. Be intentional about that thing. I had to call Sister Faye and check on her. I'm so glad to see you, my sister. I had to call her and check on her. I don't know if anybody noticed, she ain't been here in like two Sundays. I called her to check on her. She was in Bank of America. When I tell you, I said, I just wanted to check in and see if he was okay. My sister began to pray in Bank of America, y'all. She began to pray. Now, mind you, I called to check on, on her. She began to pray. She prayed so tough. I had to pull over. I wept. And I cried and I yelled and I screamed and I, and I poured out. She's in Bank of America, y'all. She didn't say, sister, I'm sorry, I might have to call you back at some other time. This is just this is not. She began to pray. She met me right there where I was. She didn't care who was watching. She didn't care who was looking. She didn't care who didn't understand. She was intentional about encouraging her sister at that time. Be intentional. Be intentional. I might need you. I need you to be in place because I might need you. We need each other, y'all. Be intentional about your walk with God. Be intentional about your place in your household. Be intentional about the place where you are in your life. Be intentional in school, young people. They should see Jesus in you even in the classroom. This ain't just for the old. Be intentional. I'll pray for you and you pray for me in Jesus' name.